Hello, you're listening to the podcast, Every Tongue Got to Confess. It's being brought to you by the Zora Festival 2017 and Rollins College. And in this podcast, we look at the issues and dilemmas facing the 21st century. I'm Robert Castanello, an associate professor of history at the University of Central Florida, and I will be your host for this episode of Every Tongue Got to Confess. I recently sat down with Michelle Robinson, a professor at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Robinson attended the 2017 Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts and Humanities at Rollins College. The theme of the event was Communities Conference, Civic Conversations Concerning 21st Century American Life in Communities of Color. In the interview, Robinson tells me about her research with a team of graduate students that focused on Hobson City, Alabama, the first self-governed black municipality in Alabama. Listen to our conversation. I want to thank you for joining me. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Sure. Um, My name is Michelle Bachelor Robinson. I am a professor at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And you're here at the conference, and I know you brought uh, students with you from the University of Alabama, and I believe all of the students, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but all the students worked on a, a, a small town up in uh, northeast Alabama? That's correct. Um, well, they're not all University of Alabama students, just, um, just to clarify that. There, so there are three women that are on my research team. One of them is actually a former Alabama student. She was she did her master's with us at Alabama. She went on to pursue a PhD at the University of Louisville. Um, but she was very involved with me um, as a mentor. So even when she left us, she stayed very connected to me and the campus. She also has some um, personal and familial ties to the area that we're researching. And so she's stayed involved with the project even after she's she's gone on to a different institution. The other two students are currently matriculating through our graduate program, one in, in the PhD program and the other in the master's program at University of Alabama. And the, the town they looked at, this is a small town that I think is, is not too far from Chattanooga, Tennessee, is that correct? It's, um, it's on the border of Georgia, um, so it's, it's Hobson City, Alabama. Um, it's one of the smaller towns in Calhoun County. The larger town that most people recognize is Anniston and Oxford. Um, Hobson City shares a county with those other two communities. So it's not far from Atlanta, then? I not guess far from Atlanta. Okay, great. And so what uh, was it that attracted you and the students to research this town? Interestingly enough, we were at the Zora Hurston Festival two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2015, I brought a large group of students with me, um, eight graduate students, all African-American women, um, myself and two other colleagues. So on a van, a University of Alabama van, we loaded up and drove 11 hours <laughs> to the Zora Hurston Festival, uh, primarily because we had a number of students in our graduate program who were researching Zora as part of their dissertation work. Um, obviously, we teach Zora in, in our courses, and so it just seemed timely, and um, I was able to get the university to see the value of the, the trip and fund it fully. Um, and so we did that. At the time, that particular year, you were running the, the mini-conference on historic black towns and settlements, um, um, and, and so we met 
quite a few mayors um, who were in attendance to the conference as well as the festival. And um, the, in that moment, I, Mayor McCory, Mayor Alberta McCory, approached me um, and asked me for a card. And once we returned back to Alabama, she got in touch. Um, and essentially what she said to me was, well, if you can come all the way to Florida, you can come right down the road to Hobson City. And um, there seemed to be a lot of merit in that statement. And so um, we got involved in a number of things. And um, on my first site visit, um, it was just an assessment. You know, what is, what do you feel like you would like for this? What, what would you like to come out of this partnership? Um, and we had a really long two-hour conversation. I took a lot of notes. Um, and I went back and I did sort of a um, resource assessment. What do I have access to? You know, what are the what has the art, the community articulated that they would like their community partners to um, support and um, help them to achieve? And so, fortunately for me, I'm a teacher, and Hobson City had a set of goals and objectives that they had already articulated in writing. And so, I was able to take those six goals and objectives and turn them into projects and essentially the posters that you see um, being displayed at the conference, at the Communities Conference this year, is a manifestation of me taking those goals and objectives and turning them into projects. So what do you feel you learned from this project? What I learned? Well, what I learned is that um, sometimes, you know, as teachers, we, we're so committed to disseminating information um, and, and, and sort of being in control of the way we shape curriculum and engagement with our students. Um, and when you're involved in a community-based um, project of any kind, whether it's pedagogical or just research-based, um, all that you do really comes out, uh, it's, it's an inquiry-based kind of coming out of the community um, approach. And it's, so it's a little bit different. You have to sit back and listen a lot. Um, there's a lot of listening. There's a lot of assessing. There's a lot of sh reorganizing. There's a lot of pliability and, and reshaping that goes along and, and, and adjusting. You know, our methodologies didn't always match. And so they required us to think critically about what we thought we might do and then what we realistically could achieve and, and, and how that fits into the community's goals and, and, and the participants and all those things. So there are all these variables um, that we don't typically encounter in our real sort of academic environment that community-engaged work requires us to do in a little bit different way. And usually, I think, you know, if I understand the philosophy to that, I mean, you, you sort of want to unlock the power of the community, right? I absolutely, mean, absolutely, because you want it to be sustainable, right? It's not just about us coming in and doing all this stuff and then leaving, but whatever it is that we get involved in and whatever it is that we engage in, when we depart, we'd like for it to have a life beyond us. And so you definitely want your community to be involved and engaged and invested. Um, and the way one is able to achieve that is making sure that you're listening um, to the folks who inhabit the space in which you've gotten engaged. Sure. So if we could, you know, go back. I mean, you mentioned uh, the, the inspiration for this at, at the previous uh, Zora Festival, and now we're at the point where... Um, you've engaged in the project. So if we take those two points, what do you think, you know, uh, this journey, where, what this journey take, has taken you? One of the things that it did was introduce me to a whole world of scholarly engagement and pedagogical engagement that I was fairly unaware of existed. Um, 
And so professionally, it just kind of took me in a different direction. You know, like it had me to explore some things, take me out of my comfort zone a little bit, I guess. Had me to explore some things I had not yet explored. And to get really excited about that, because I'll give you an example. One of the projects that we were engaged in is I taught a history of rhetoric class. And um, very typical assignment in a history of rhetoric class is to send your students into an archive that they identify some topic that they want to research. They research that topic and they come back and do some kind of performance, whether it's a presentation or a paper or whatever. Um, in this particular situation, Hobson City had a room full of documents that needed attention. They needed to be um, sorted. They needed to be filed. They needed to be pre preserved. Um, and so I started, my wheel started turning. I contacted my resources because I'd never created an archive. So I, I contacted um, our associate dean of um, special collections on campus who also um, coordinated with the director um, at the Alabama Department of Archives and History. We came together, they, they, they met us in Hobson City, they trained my students how to sort, how to label, how to preserve these documents, and we spent a semester in a service learning project that, that I ran through that course doing that work. Um, and so it was, it became this moment where I took this very regimented assignment that we typically do, which is go into an archive and research something, and we actually empowered the students to create an archive. And so there becomes, the students are also engaged. They become the sort of um, activist agents, if you will. And they begin to sort of shape the way the, um, that the archives engaged. And we did all of that um, with the sort of university and, and um, municipal community, but also with the residents there having a voice in, in how we approach. One of the things that Mayor McCord was very adamant about is don't throw things away because university librarian and Alabama Department of Archives and History says, oh, all those water bills from 100 years or 70 years ago don't mean anything. But Mayor McCoy is like, whoa, 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 whoa. They tell us who was living here. You know, keep those water bills. And so thinking about it in terms of, you know, allowing that to be kind of an activist space um, and reshaping that assignment to be something that the students have agency in as well as the community members. Um, so anyway, anyway, it's been a journey. It's, it's had me to think about my teaching in very, very different ways. It's had me to think about my research in very, very different ways. And it's, it's been very enjoyable. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Every Tongue Got to Confess podcast. Be sure to find the rest of the episodes by searching for us online and subscribing to us on iTunes. Thank you.